Welcome into James. James. How are we doing? We are well today. We are Q and A. This is a Q and A episode. We had so many like wonderful submissions. Um, we definitely got into some really lengthy answers. So, mm-hmm. um, I hope that people can take what they want from from what we've said. Yeah, I like this one. I like this over uh, this platter of questions. Yeah. So enjoy. I guess we'll get right into it. Hi, Gabby and James. Um, fan of the pod, Jenny here. My question is kind of centering around um, channeling like focus and intention, um, even when the thing you are channeling it towards is something that you don't necessarily want to do, but that you have to do. Um, I just finished my master's in acupuncture, and I now have to take three board exams. Um, and they all center around traditional Chinese medicine, which is not what I learned in school. Um, so I am sort of having to teach it to myself in order to pass these exams. And it's very difficult and very time-consuming, and um, it's affecting like my enjoyment of life, for sure. And so I'm just looking for maybe like tips that you might have around... Um, maybe like making it, making it lighter, making it more enjoyable, um, like facilitating ease around studying for something because it's like, this is content that I just have to study and learn to pass these exams and then I'll never need it again. Um, but it's like, just for right now, I have to learn it and I have to master it so that I can pass these very difficult exams and get my acupuncture license. And then on the other side of that is like a whole new life. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for making the pod. Um, I always enjoy listening. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Jenny. First off, amazing voice. Um, I feel like if you did ASMR online, you'd probably yeah skyrocket to the top. You should do YouTube <laughs> videos where you talk about like acupuncture with your voice and yeah to maybe click the needles together. Yeah, even you talking about this, you know, problem which could potentially be a negative yeah feeling was actually very nice. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, life is just happening, and when it's in your voice, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> We're gonna be okay. Um, so do you want to go first or? Yeah, I guess. Okay. The first thing that came to mind, which is something that's been stuck in my head for years is there was this Rick and Morty episode. I don't know which one. Uh, I just know that Susan Sarandon was the voice of a therapist or something in it, which was like, they were advertising that at the time. And, but in, at the very end of the episode, um, she says something about how maintenance isn't fun or glamorous and she cites brushing your teeth or wiping your ass, you know, very Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> and she was, I forget the quote, but it was just basically, just so simply, it just said, maintenance is not fun, it's not glamorous, and yet we have to do it, and we don't need to get so caught up in the fact that it's, like, this hard part of life. And so that really sticks with me when I think about any time in my life that requires maintenance that isn't fun, that isn't a dream, that isn't... And I also think... The main thing for me that when I listened to your question was that was embodiment, like the concept mm-hmm. of embodiment, which I'm obsessed with right now. And I think the issue with things regarding maintenance is that they don't touch on our like ethereal body. Like they don't, you know, they don't make us feel free and excited and in movement. They're not our dreams. Um, and they're very much in the body in the sense that you just need to focus on your body as a tool and what it needs to do in that moment, step by step which is the language of the body. You know, the body speaks in a very uh, quantified way. The body can be quantified. It, it takes, you know, it uh, measures time, it measures distance, it, um, you know, and that's like a, I think in that realm, if we're talking like what realm to access when you're sort of doing these things is just think about your body as something that, you know, keeps time and, and um, is a tool. And I feel like that's the only way to do it is like, for me, you know, it was like, put yourself in that position, be like, I need to do this, and then just do your best to, you know, comfort your ethereal body, and be like, we'll be back to having fun soon, like, we have fun stuff to do, or like, after we have this very, like, earthbound, grounded moment, where we just have to do step, you know, one through whatever, um, you know, we'll go do something spirited that you love to do, yeah, <laughs> like dance, or 
smoke a joint on the beach or whatever, you know? Yeah, 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 having a reward system. Yeah. yeah, and being in the body and just not feeling, like, just committing to that, committing to, like, okay, we're having a body moment, we're having a, this moment, and, um, yeah, it can be super hard, and <laughs> it can be super fucking hard, you know? Mm-hmm. I think especially just by the sounds of it, it sounds like you're someone like us who, like, puts a focus on your freedom and things that liberate you, and right. every once in a while we have to kind of you know, slog it out. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, I relate to this question a lot. It reminded me of when I was in senior year of high school, I took like four APs um, and one of them was psychology. And at a certain point I started hating psychology. I felt like it was very dismissive of the ethereal realm Mm -hmm. and I didn't really have the vocabulary for that, but I just really felt frustrated by it. I also think the teacher was presenting it in a very like facts are facts Mm -hmm. and like he didn't have like any spirituality at all which was really hard for me so but I had to complete the homework I had to do the AP exam there was no like getting out of it and I remember specifically being like I just can't bring myself to open this textbook and I am very much that way if I don't want to do something I basically don't do it because of intuition but this was one of those things you just couldn't get out of. And so I had to take a bus ride home and it would be anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours, depending on traffic. Um, and so I would just do the work on the bus and I'd be like, I'm committing this time on the bus to AP psych homework and not to brag, but I did get a five and <laughs> I never get to tell anyone that because <laughs> it doesn't matter. But the point is like you can succeed in a short amount of time if you really commit time to a specific project um and I would just recommend like putting aside the mind that wants to be like this isn't important I didn't learn this this wasn't my thing and just think okay we have to get through this temporary experience everything Mm -hmm. really is a temporary experience so if anything this is a training ground for other temporary experiences that might appear more um you know possibly forever but nothing is nothing is um forever so you're basically going through a simulation of a lifetime with this Mm -hmm. one experience and you got to do some shit you don't want to do. But I just think setting aside time and creating a habit of like Mm -hmm. um, from nine to 12, Monday through Thursday, I work on this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you don't, it doesn't consume you. It doesn't become your whole personality. It just becomes like this thing in this block of time. Mm -hmm. And um, you're going to, you're going to get through it and it will. And also like, I do think it does feel like these things won't serve you now, but you never know on the path of life, like holistic things come up. And I mean, I find myself referencing psychology all the time. Obviously it's a broader mm-hmm. subject, but I I wouldn't shut yourself down to the information being helpful because that can make it really hard to learn if you think I'll never use this. You just mm-hmm. never know. So going into it with sort of like an open mind might make it easier to digest the information and mm-hmm. take it in. But you got yeah, this. Totally. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. I'll say one more thing I want to say because I'm dealing with this in some way. And I think there's a certain aspect of like changing your routine and your environment that helps a lot too. And I think if you're doing your acupuncture work or whatever you do day to day that you've, you know, the lifestyle you've built for yourself that you enjoy and doesn't require a lot of these maintenance moments, which I understand a lot. Um, when you have a new project that you have to do that demands a different kind of attention and literally a different kind of world sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you really have to make a different world. And if that means like starting to work at like a cafe or going to a specific friend's house or only seeing certain friends or things like that, I find that really helpful in just being like, okay, we're going to this location for a while, location being yeah. this like Chinese medicine course and being like, okay, how do I need to just adjust my life for a second so that I'm not constantly flirting with like my old lifestyle where I just sort of have these open days and like, right. you know, it's like for a second, we're just, you know, it's always going to be there. We can always go back, but you know, it's almost like, um, well, it's like going on the bus. Like I had a specific period of time and yeah. space to work on this thing, you know, totally. Yeah. It helps your mind go into the place that it needs to go into. Mm-hmm. If you put your body there too. Yeah. 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 Embodiment. Hi, James and Gabby. Um, I'm calling in from San Diego with a question. So I have this constant battle I guess with trying to exist for myself but also appear to others the way I want to appear 
I guess. So I guess my question is, how do you like exist for yourself and appear the way you want to appear without getting too attached to the idea of certain aesthetics and not getting attached to like material goods like fashion etc um I know it's okay to like certain things but sometimes my mind goes to a place where I get a little obsessive of trying to appear a certain way because I want to look hot and cool and unique (laughs) but I'm just trying to wrap my head around this idea of um being an individual and living for myself while not getting attached to certain aesthetics to appear for others, if that makes sense. Would love any help on this. It's something I struggle with on and off and would love to just get to the bottom of it. Okay, Um, interesting question. I want to say the first thing that came to mind for me was I got a question a while ago on Patreon that was somebody who was coming to me and saying how annoyed they were with uh, the spiritual aesthetic like they were saying they're a very spiritual person they read all the books they like are so into everything and yet they get so annoyed when they see someone who has all the tattoos of what they're reading about dresses super in that mode and I'm the same I always felt like I did so much hidden work about stuff that I was interested in but didn't like get the tattoos and the outfits and everything to like prove I was like a witch or something <laughs> and um but I did do that when I was a teenager and I thought and I went back to that person who wanted to like wear ohm symbols and like you know the, the what is the eye the evil eye evil eye yeah. almost a dead eye um <laughs> the fish dead eye, eye. <laughs> um, and who just wanted people to see me that way and I was like I think what we have to think about with aesthetics and ask ourselves what we're doing is like it is a form of communication and if you're someone who's freshly into spirituality let's say I know that's not what this is but that's just the example I really have it's like you're going to want to attract more people who are like that like on site you know Mm -hmm. what I mean um and I was like that like I said as a teen I wanted anyone and anyone who would who would recognize me as this sort of like hippie girl to talk to me because I was so interested in like that world and then as my practice became more private I didn't want that I wanted to only I don't know, have like a timeless kind of aesthetic and be kind of hidden away. Um, And I think it just, it's good to ask yourself, like, what do you want in life? Who do you want to talk to? Who do you want to be recognized by? Because how we present ourselves is really just communication. It's really just the first thing that you tell somebody. And it's also not as important as it seems, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it is it is surface level communication and any like really yeah. like deep like friendships or whatever will go beyond beyond that so it's not that important so i think the real question is like just on a day-to-day basis of just like going out seeing people whatever it's like what interaction are you trying to have or trying to feel who are you trying to make eye contact with you know and like mm-hmm. is that even that important to you um what is your mission and i think i think it's also a very youthful thing sometimes and i think you grow into like a style and i think now I think both of us have this. Yeah. You know, it's like a style that's like timeless and easy to move around the world in. Yeah. Because a lot of my focus right now is not on relationships, not on communication with new people at all. I feel very much like I just want to be comfortable. Yes. <laughs> and timeless and equal parts put together, equal parts not that caring of how I look. And yeah. That is actually the kind of people I want to attract. I want to attract people who... Um, yeah have like a timelessness to them and aren't pushing an aesthetic too hard yeah I don't know yeah I think I'm (laughs) this question almost gave me a breakdown now (laughs) um but the more that I've listened to it um it's not you Paige it's me um but no I was thinking about this moment in seventh grade when I we were in humanities class and the humanities teacher said what if we all had uniforms and it was some sort of social Mm -hmm. experiment she was doing and I remember this girl who I'm gonna call her Mary that wasn't her real name and she had neon green hair she wore fishnets she wore converse she was very like punk you know Mm -hmm. had a ton of bracelets eyeliner and she exclaimed she's like no like she was like pale it was like pained her Mm -hmm. just the idea of wearing a uniform and the teacher said why not Mary and she said well then I wouldn't I wouldn't know who to who my friends were or who to talk to and I remember being really struck by that because 
in seventh grade, I had 0% style. I went to the Gap with my dad and or Ross and my dad had this rule where he was like, if we don't find something in 15 minutes, we're leaving. Oh my God, I love him. And it was a good rule because otherwise I would spend hours like basically having an existential crisis in the Ross aisles, you know? Okay, Ross, when we were in middle school, was like, <laughs> it was really, like they would have the brands that yeah. you're supposed to get, but like the most like... The worst the parts weird of off version. Yeah. I remember finding a Paul Frank t-shirt. Yeah. And it said, it was like a giraffe, like a shitty giraffe drawing. And then yeah. it said like, high on life or something. <laughs> and I was like, it's Paul Frank. <laughs> I guess that's great. It was hot pink. It's the perfect, yeah, that's a perfect example of Ross. Um, I remember like the one time I felt myself was I had a jean jacket. And then I realized I couldn't button it up all the way because mm-hmm. my tummy was too big. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, I just had no idea. And I was like, okay, well, there are people who operate in this realm of like, completely um obviously that was a seventh grader but I do think that that has sort of prevails it prevails yeah and um I think how I dress now is like day to day exactly what I feel like in the moment rather Mm -hmm. than trying to create a a long-term goal of I'm gonna be like I don't know 70s now or whatever (laughs) the aesthetic is I'm it's you know y2k is back trying to like Mm -hmm. knock out the lowriders um it's just sort of like, what do I feel like today that's going to make me feel comfortable? Often I do opt for billow or billowy things, things that are a little looser because I don't want to be tied down to a certain aesthetic mm-hmm. um, and a classic sense of, of style and clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just easier. It's also easier to maintain. Mm-hmm. It's easier to <laughs> find in a thrift store in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, and I think... If you want to experiment in like full on of the moment trends and you have the means to do so, that's totally fine. But don't feel like you're, um, never feel like you have to fully commit to an aesthetic. I think it's all going to be fluid, but it does seem for me personally tiresome Mm -hmm. to keep up with trends. Also, I saw like a tweet the other day and it was on someone's page that was like anti-fast fashion Mm -hmm. and they were like, following trends means you don't have a style Mm. (laughs) and I was like okay that's tea very much but when I tried to follow trends I did not have a good time because I wasn't shopping for my body and my comfort I was shopping for like what was happening and sometimes trends align with what I like yeah and I can find a version that I like um but I really just think like the timeless almost like European mixed with like Japanese form yes like the kind of like that aesthetic just doesn't go anywhere no, and I think it really depends on what your body type is and how you feel comfortable portraying your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will change. Like, I look back at photos and I'm like, oh, I wore a lot of crop tops back then. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't do that now. And that's just how things go. Like, I, I think the that's biggest it. thing is kind of being like, okay, like, I'm wearing this thing now. If it, that changes, that doesn't mean my personality is changing, too. Mm-hmm. Like, my friends won't leave me. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not, like, how it works. Um, not taking it so seriously, I guess, is a really great way to find out what you actually like to wear. I also was thinking, because Michael, I, was, I always think this, like, on Project Runway back when it was, like, fucking I thought you were going to say Michael Buble. <laughs> okay, Michael Buble. <laughs> this just in from Michael Buble. Um, we were, like, a real newsroom and, like, shit was going down. Um, <laughs> I also don't know who that is, but I know the name so well. He's, like, a, he's like the Frank Sinatra of our time. Oh, okay. Like, I feel like it's something, like, my mom has said. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Michael Bublé. <laughs> existed mom realm. Yeah. Um, I always think of this Project Runway episode when it was on Bravo, and it was, like, the shit. Um, and then, so Michael Kors was one of the judges at the time, and every day he'd wear, like, just the same thing, like, a turtleneck and, like, pants, like, Steve Jobs vibes. Mm-hmm. And Michael Kors criticized one of the, like, finalists, and... It was, like, this sort of, like, bitchy gay guy that was got mad and hurt by his criticism. And he responded, and he was, like, Michael Kors, like, every day, he was, like, how are you a designer if every day you wear the same thing? Like, how are you going to, like, insult my creativity when, like, whatever? And Michael Kors, like, very seriously, like, it was such a moment. I'll never forget it. Like, the emotion. Um, He, like, straightened himself and was, like, every day I design clothes for other people. I make art every day. And the last thing I want to think about is how I look. It's like, that's mm-hmm. not important to me. Yes. And I related to that in the sense that I think when I'm the most kind of in like projects or things outside of me, which is really my preferred state, I'd rather make something outside of me than make myself. Um, 
all I want to do is just wear, yeah, like, black t-shirts and com- comfy pants. Yes. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, 100%. My goal yeah. is, like, by the end of, in a, a year from now, but hopefully sooner to have, like, 20, like, 10 to 15 pieces that I wear. <laughs> 20, 10. 20 times. 15 is. <laughs> 60. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah, having just like, yeah. a, a very sparse closet that is mm. timeless, that makes me feel comfortable, that I don't, then I don't even have to think about what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, it's it's Wednesday, time for Wednesday. Yeah. And also the Michael Kors thing, it's not to say that it's a bad thing or, like, a lame thing to care about how you look, but I think I go up and down in the sense that, like, if I become the vessel of expression, I'm going to be thinking more about trends and how I'm looking and, like, everything. Mm-hmm. And if I'm more working on something else then my body feels more like a tool and it's like, oh, how can we just like get through this day where like everything is more about, you know, what my hands are doing, what my voice is doing, what I'm creating outside, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really think, but also the timeless aesthetic is freedom. I think you and I are always looking for like freedom from from the body. That's like all the work we do. And it's like, I really just want to be able to nap anywhere. (laughs) And like, yeah. To recline and, Mm -hmm. and how you feel. I mean, I just finished reading Tao of Pooh and like in the most profound way it just talks about inner nature and it's mm-hmm. like like I said when I was following trends I was always buying the wrong thing always feeling weird in my body and then inner nature says oh you know just you wore those pants until they died like right. you should probably get those pants again yep. you know what I mean no you shouldn't yep. just go for whatever the new pants everyone it's like there's things that speak to you and I really think we're all like custom in our own way and it's like you're gonna shine in the outfit that makes you feel great and yourself yeah more than the trendy outfit that makes the person that you bought it from look shiny in the photos like you know yeah and I think having that mode of thought is actually very subversive mm-hmm. because in today's world like we are everything is in our face of buy this thing and mm-hmm. this is this is the new look and even if it feels subtle it's really not like it's it's right there and I think being able to kind of unplug from that and finding out your own true desire of what you want to wear and how mm-hmm. and how you want to exist for yourself it's not going to be easy because mm-hmm. everything in our life is stacked against it so don't be hard on yourself yeah um it's also, just a process cool is so different to everyone yeah that's the thing too is like i look at someone who's like in like like a guy who's like in athleisure and like looks really put together and smells like cologne i'm like that's not hot and cool to me right but to someone else that's like wow he's got he's got what i want you yeah. know and i think it's like i see someone who looks like they just kind of rolled out of bed but happened to have like a very nice everlane t-shirt mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and i'm like great you know this person cares about quality but doesn't care too much yeah <laughs> yes 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 you know yeah yeah, it, it's... I, what do you want? Yeah. Who? What? Say. I saw, like, a coffee brand called Mir, and I thought of the space station. Oh, what? Um, anyway, yeah, what are you communicating? Also, yeah, hot and cool is different to everyone, and hot and cool in your chosen lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, this question is written. It says, do either of you have any ghost slash paranormal stories? Damn straight. <laughs> do we? When do we don't? No. <laughs> well, you had a lot when you were a kid, right, James? Yeah, I, I remember earlier, early in life, things were pretty hot in that realm. Yeah, we were kids. You'd be dancing with ghosts. Yeah. Low-key. Low-key. You don't have to get into that. Um, but so, oh, Joey's asking for pets. Joey's um yeah, I think early in life, my mom was a lot more, uh, she was letting that energy in with her, like, spiritual practice a lot more. You saw that woman. You saw Renaissance woman. I saw, yeah, she was, like, a Victorian woman, mm-hmm. showed up in my apartment, and I was just like, dude, what? Mm-hmm. And then I saw a an army man, or my mom saw an army man. I, the story is confused now, but some, <laughs> there was an army man in our house from the back in the day and it was we lived right by a a veteran center so that was kind of freaky because he was sort of like walking through the house being like where do I go um and there were some weird experiences with like energy and dark spirits and like we had like a weird bad witch woman give us a weird blanket or something (laughs) um and um my grandfather when I was seven he passed away and we inherited his computer and there was something where, like, we turned it on, and the date had been set to the day he died. And it was like, bitch. <laughs> like, all of these, like, weird little random mm-hmm. things. And it was just a lot. Um, 
and I was very, I was a lot more psychic when I was a kid and would read people's energy and hated it and like dropped out of second grade because of it. Um, so early on, I actually figured out a way to um, put up a guard from that like energy field. And this is something my mom taught me and I still do it to this day when I feel things that I don't want to feel. Is it just say, I'm, I don't want to see you. I'm not here for you. Um, I'm, you're not welcome here. Mm-hmm. And it really works. I didn't, I haven't seen anything since. And I, even if I do feel something kind of eerie, I will still say that because, um, I just don't have time yeah, for that shit. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it's not like an interesting, fun thing. I think it's sort of triggering of like a very weird part of my childhood mm-hmm. that is, um, will never be explained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just don't want to deal with it, I think. But, I mean, also my, you know, my mom had beautiful experiences that she told me about where she saw, like, the Virgin de Guadalupe show up at the bottom of her bed when she was doing the rosary and things like that. So, like, mm-hmm. I have that deep connection to her, and I do, I do value that. But, yeah, I, for the most part, I'm just sort of, like, I, I have to stay in this realm as mm-hmm. much as I can. Yeah, I feel that. I had... When I was a kid, the most defining one that really freaked me out, when I was a little kid, like, I was still sharing with my sister, like, I remember how the beds were. I would see a few things. I would always see someone down the hall, and my dad used to say that it was my mom's dad who I never met, Mm -hmm. but the main one that I had that really freaked me out was I was a kid in my bed, and it was just one week of just, it felt like there was a body near me, Mm -hmm. and I was being tickled, like, hardcore tickled in my bed, and I thought it was, like, my mom, like, surprising me. And I'm getting tickled, and I get out of the bed. I'm a kid, and I'm laughing so hard, and I stand up, and I'm still being tickled, and I look around, and no one's there. And I remember looking at my sister, and I was like, who is in here? And she was like, what are you talking about, whatever. And I got so scared, I went under the bed, under the covers, and I was just like, go away, go away, go away, go away. Um, yeah, and then I had told my dad, both of our parents, James and I both grew up with parents who like had had paranormal experiences. Yeah. So it was always like normal, and like my dad would just tell me ways to send them back. So that was the first one I remember where I was like, holy fuck and Mm -hmm. that one to me was so valid because it was I've had many experiences that come and go so fast like you see something and it's gone and you're like oh was I hallucinating yeah but that was one where it like it went past the point of like the trigger you know what I mean it was like I was still standing there and like my sister I was like fully cognizant of like my sister and like where I was and it was still there um that was the first time and then nothing really happened for a while and then I started wanting them again Mm -hmm. (laughs) And a lot of stuff happened when we lived in Venice together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Should I tell the one where you, like, came into the yeah, vision? Yeah, yeah, This one was funny. Well, Venice, you and I really had to, and I think it's we were at the end of a cul-de-sac, and James and I would just have days where we were like, something is here. Yeah, the only day that I, the only time I ever had, um, what is it called when you sleep and you're... Paralysis. You sleep and you're scared. Um, <laughs> yeah, sleep paralysis. The only time I had it was in Venice, and I remember that was horrifying. It was yeah. truly horrifying. It was one time, but yeah. Yeah. Um... um yeah, Venice was, yeah, we'd have days where we'd just be like, it's dark, and we just have to sage the place. It was a weird vibe. I've yeah. never felt so, like, paranormally active. It was active. so haunted there. And it was constant. I had to stop, because that was a time also where I was really into witchcraft, evidently. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting, so much stuff was happening, and I was so interested in all of it, because I wanted to see it all and understand it. And it would just get so dark. I would have things visiting me that would imitate my mom's voice, and just saying, it was just very Freaky! Oh, I got chills, yeah. That was really bad. And then, um, but one thing that happened that was really distinct and interesting was I had, so we had a one-bedroom, and James had the bedroom, and then I had made, like, the living room into, like, this, like, art studio, like, mattress debacle. (laughs) (laughs) And there was this spirit that visited me, I think it was twice, and yeah, it was twice. Yeah, yeah, it would sit. It was all white, like a Greek god statue vibe. All white, very strong, like man-looking thing, like naked, but not like naked. You know what I mean? Like it was like a marble person, and it was like there's a penis. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a statue vibe. Like there was no, no humanity to it, and it would watch me. And it was like two nights in a row. I had sleep paralysis with the same thing, and then it was like the third night. It's to, it was it came back and it was walking towards me and it was hovering its hands and I had really bad sleep paralysis and I started yelling for James and I was like this thing is like whatever touching me and I remember feeling like it wasn't a strong spirit like I felt like 
like, I remember when I think of the energy I felt, I was like, oh, this is, like, he's trying to join a gang <laughs> or something, you know, like, someone who's, like, fresh, yeah, <laughs> fresh to a gang and needs to, like, kill someone to, like, get in the gang. Like, it just felt like a weird, like, not powerful vibe. Yeah. Um, but I had sleep paralysis and he was hovering his hands over me and I called James and in this vision, whatever this sleep paralysis vision is, James comes out of her room <laughs> and starts laughing at him, like, uncontrollably laughing. And then I start laughing and then we're both laughing at this demon thing. <laughs> And he shakes his head all embarrassed and runs away. And then he was gone. And I just, like, told her in the morning, obviously, like, it didn't happen. Like, yeah. James wasn't like, yeah, I got up and <laughs> laughed at you. I don't know why I did that. It was yeah. just, like, whatever realm that was, it happened. But it was this really, like, sweet moment of, like, James came in and helped me during my sleep paralysis. So crazy. In, like, a spiritual way. And then that thing never came back. Yeah. Um... That was the only... Yeah, what do you... Do you feel like sleep paralysis is... What is your take on what that is? Sleep paralysis, you know, my dad says, and I agree with him, it's like when you exit, like, a realm, Mm -hmm. because it's like you got scared or you weren't ready, and then you just have to come back. Mm -hmm. And I think what's funny that I find about things like sleep paralysis or, like, schizophrenia or, like, hallucinations or any of these things is, like, you know, people will say, oh, that was just a hallucination. Like, you saw a ghost, it was just a hallucination, whatever. It's like okay, but why? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like we have the science reason of like, oh, this happens. Like sleep paralysis is something that happens when, you know, the REM sleep and like da-da-da. And it's like, okay, that's an explanation of what's going on. Yeah. But why the fuck do we dream? Why the fuck do we have sleep paralysis and see demons and stuff? Like, right. it's not, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's not <laughs> so, the full story. Yeah, I always yeah. think with sleep paralysis, I'm like, yes, okay, oh. yeah. Like, you got you woke up too fast, whatever. But why does not everyone experience it? Why does... It come with yeah, all these why crazy did I visions. only have it one time and it was yeah. in Venice of all places? Yeah. And I do, it's funny because you've never described the monster as in depth as you just did. Mm. And I remember when I had the sleep paralysis, it was like a white figure and it yeah. was like super weird because I was like, this is. And like, I never see a white figure yeah. like that. Like yeah. bald. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the only one. So we probably had the same. And we would feel it even mm-hmm. when we were awake. And that's the thing too with the paranormal stuff. It's like it's very heightened when you are out of your body the most yeah and I've also had a lot of out-of-body experiences which are very telling of this where it's like when you have an out-of-body experience when you start acting like a human too much like Mm -hmm. you realize you're out of your body and you stop being like let me walk let me open this and then it goes away because you're acting like a human body not like a ether spirit and I was thinking with um even with that it's like that stuff lingers in the house and you wake up in the morning and you're like, why does it feel so bad in here? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's the embodiment of that guy, whatever is the embodiment of the feeling. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, people who don't believe in ghosts have just never seen them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think. And there's a lot out there. Yeah, or they're <laughs> operating in a headspace that they aren't open yeah. to seeing them naturally. You know. I had a moment that I was really grateful for because I started being around people that didn't believe in ghosts. It was like, college educated white people mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like yeah you just yeah. <laughs> and I was at a party and someone was like anyone who believes in ghosts is like stupid and I was like have you ever seen one and they were like no and I was like well then <laughs> yeah um and I remember kind of thinking about it and I was like I mean maybe it's a hallucination maybe I have like a weird <laughs> it was like I started talking about she's like I have ghost stories <laughs> she really is she's like just staring at us Joey, we know you have ghost stories that's why we're trying to teach you how to talk <laughs> Joey, Joey has the keys to everything. I know. You do, of course you do. Do you like pets? Joey, come here for pets. Joey's in the stew. She's in the newsroom. Um, Joey has breaking news, but she can't tell us. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, I had this experience during the pandemic where I was sharing a bed with my sister, and we were in the room, and I woke up, and I literally saw just this holographic person in the corner and their back was to me and it looked like they were at a party drinking a drink oh yeah and it looked kind of it was like a modern person looked like one of my sister's friends kind of like this like young like in a jean jacket kind of vibe like holding a drink and just kind of swaying and they weren't looking at us and that was another experience where it went way far past the vibe of like oh i'm hallucinating like go away good night or like i just woke up from a dream and it's like melding into my reality it was like i was just looking at it and it wouldn't go away and I started talking at it, and I was like, what are you doing? And then it turned around towards me, but looked past me. Like, it looked, like, in my direction, but oh, past so me. crazy. Yeah, and I was just like, but it went on so long that I wasn't scared anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I started to accept And then I woke up my sister, and I was like, can you put your hand, because she was closer to it, and she was like, I was like, can you put your hand in that direction? And she did, and nothing changed. 
and I went to the bathroom and came back and it was like less, it was like more fuzzy and going away, but it was just this corner of the room that was like static. And it went from being kind of like a very clear like woman figure. And then I told my dad and he was like, yeah, he was like, everything is energy, you know? So it was like, you don't know what they're seeing, but when you call to them and put energy out to get a response, like she turned in your direction, but like, yeah. you don't know where she is. Like, you don't know what she's seeing, like yeah. in the different realms. It's like, she turned in your direction because she felt an energetic, like mm. communication, but she's not in the room seeing you. And like, it's just a, like a weird, <laughs> so crazy. I mean, yeah, we're all uh, operating on different planes and like, yeah. for all we know, like, there was just some sort of, like, weird, like, fold in the in the time, yeah. space, continuum or Cause something. because she didn't feel, you know, you know, like, when you say the ghost has to go away, it's like, you feel like they're there with you, Yeah. you know, and that's yeah. when it's scary, but this one, I was just like, you're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, vibing. I don't know. Crazy. Also, Gabby's parents' old place was very charged with stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, when I would stay over, I would be if just just feel like kind of spooked mm-hmm. for no reason because it just felt like at any moment if I looked into a corner there would be something there like I do yeah. think specific spaces are charged and you grew up in that space so mm-hmm. you're more in tune with things like that um yeah it was intense yeah. and everyone who slept over I, mean, I had a friend who like never saw stuff she saw like a little boy mm-hmm. in the room in pajamas yeah. but this place doesn't feel like that at all no oh my god I haven't had anything weird happen at all I've been yeah. having actually more out-of-body experiences that aren't scary Mm. because I would have out-of-body experiences in the Silver Lake apartment yeah and then in my parents place and it would always end badly like I said like people imitating their voices like someone grabbing me during while I'm floating away all these things and they always always scary and then here I literally like I feel like nobody's around like yeah I have the out-of-body experience I start floating away and there's nobody there so maybe it's time (laughs) it's time to really (laughs) yeah I remember when we lived in Crenshaw I was like I don't feel scared here but I do feel like the place is big enough to just have something Mm -hmm. there like it Crenshaw I never saw anything I never saw anything I do feel like more so I just was feeling the energy of the street and Mm -hmm. that's maybe what the vibe was because it was a strictly um it was a just different vibe than I've ever felt before mm-hmm. but there was a vibe but I, or the street we lived in was just very busy with traffic and stuff mm-hmm. and it definitely was like a charged street so yeah it was it was bad gray energy yeah Ian said gray energy and I was like that makes yeah. sense yeah and it was a very like temporary passing place yeah weirdest I think about that I'm like that was just a bad decision <laughs> to live there yeah and I'm shocked but I'm also not it was a bad decision. We definitely made the most of it and had good experiences yeah. because of it and learned. And on paper, it was, like, the thing to do. Yeah. Madness. I feel like at the time, it was the best decision we could have made, but we also could have maybe waited a little longer. Mm-hmm. But whatever. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I mean, we both had some pretty good, like, creative experiences there. Yeah, no, it was necessary. Yeah. It was very, yeah. I think it just visually, it was hard. Oh, yeah. Like, the memory of it. I'm like, really? I did that every day? I know. I also am, I'm for sure that there's, like, mold in that house, too, Mm -hmm. which is really difficult to know. (laughs) That was our biggest paranormal experience, (laughs) living in a giant house with a bunch of people for, like, just surviving every day. Hearing voices, but it's actually just your roommate that likes to, like, wake up in the morning and snap to himself. Suffocating in the shower. Yeah. Mold. Um, Yeah times yeah i'm definitely more welcoming now i think venice was scary it was too much it was dark and then now i'm like come visit <laughs> give me something to t- give me some show me something <laughs> i want to see something i want to feel i just want to feel something for once in my fucking life yeah. no um it is really i will say like even you saying that like i do feel like paranormal experiences and like spiritual stuff can be really helpful in the sense that it makes the world like feel smaller mm. you know mm-hmm. like there was a time where I was like man I could just dedicate my life to like attracting spirits and like understanding the spirit world and I was like the world day to day felt so small yeah but then it was also like it's so chaotic out there it's bad for you truly yeah to go too far out yeah. My dad, you know, lately my dad and I have been having, like, joint kind of experiences. Mm. Like, he, the other day he was like, somebody tapped on my shoulder this morning, and I was like, dude, someone whispered in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, someone Your dad is, my face. is really, like, your, um, your portal for that. Oh, totally. Yeah, he, 
He really... Like, I would probably have way more if my mom didn't, like, shut it down. Okay, you know what's crazy, though? Mm -hmm. I just realized. With the story with the ghost girl in the corner, Mm -hmm. because I'm thinking about my dad and stuff, the ghost girl in the corner, the next day, in that exact corner, Mm -hmm. there was a plant that was completely healthy, and it hatched a bunch of black flies. Crazy. And there was all these black flies in the corner where the girl showed up. Crazy. And my dad was like, see, like, there's bad energy in this room. And there was. I mean, it was like... I think it was... I'm not going to get into what was... <laughs> but it just was stagnant. Yeah, there was, like, ways, yeah. a very stagnant, dark room. Um, yeah, there was, like, the black flies. But that, I just thought of that when you said, like, your dad's yes. the portal. And I was like, yeah, he fucking yep. called it. Like, literally. Yeah, that's crazy, like, too. Also, it doesn't make any sense, you guys, that there would be, like, flies in this apartment building. Like, yeah. it's in a, very much in a building, like... Yeah, it's higher up. There's screens on the windows. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. <laughs> just a huge... Yeah, so that was creepy. But also dope. <laughs> did like, you get rid of the plant? What did you do with the plant? Put outside. My sister... Well, here's the thing. My sister doesn't believe in paranormal stuff at all. Mm. So she was like, I have to move it out of my room. Like, whatever. My dad was like, no, it's in there to clear the energy. It's working. Like, you see, whatever. And so they kind of, like, fought over this plant. <laughs> Where is the plant now? I think it's the one that's in the living room by the dining room right now. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so... She just, like, would reject all of my dad's kind of, like, funky advice. Yeah. And I was like, if anything, just let him have it. Yeah. <laughs> Give him this one. Yeah. It's funny with the Google, it gives you the little, like, <laughs> answers that you can say. Oh, Does so you have any ghost paranormal stories? And it says, I don't, comma, sorry. I do. Yes. <laughs> I don't. Sorry. <laughs> People at the party. Yeah. And anyone out there who doesn't believe in ghosts, like, you just can't see them. Sorry. <laughs> you don't believe in ghosts, but you also believe in gravity. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. You, there's a lot of things you can't see that also run our world. Totally. Yeah. It's like you can't see electricity until you get shocked by it or it, like, shoots out of the socket. Yeah. And yet you turn the light on everyone. <laughs> and yet every day you... <laughs> and yet every day you charge your little phone and <laughs> don't think about it. Yeah. Illusion well, Pod, thanks. 2021. <laughs> Hi, Gabby and James. I have a question, obviously. Um, I was wondering if you guys ever have periods of your life where you kind of just have nothing to say to anybody um like i'm usually pretty in with the chat when i'm with a group of people but lately i just feel like my brain's empty and even when i'm just at home with myself i find myself just indulging in netflix not really thinking about anything not being willing to think about anything um i know this has it definitely has to do with the stress of my job but i was wondering if you guys have felt this way and how maybe you got out of it um things you did to push yourself to start being yourself again, start thinking again, um, not indulging in all these brainless activities. So yeah, let me know. Thank you. Um, yeah, so first of all, I just want to take a second to congratulate you for having a smooth brain with no thoughts. Um, but no, really, I think that I've definitely encountered this feeling before. And when it first happened I was kind of like oh this is weird is this okay um why can't I just think of anything like anything at all like I just can't think of anything to say and I remember specifically we were Gabby you and I were at pho one day and you were like what's up and I was like I just mm-hmm. nothing like mm-hmm. at all and I feel like you were just sort of like hmm because I don't know if you've had that moment if you had had that moment yet mm-hmm. but like it does feel a bit weird at first, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, I think we're just sort of in, a, we live in a society where like we're obsessed with having something to say, having takes, everyone has to be able to share something at all times. Mm-hmm. And that's just not really like necessary. And I don't think that the brain has to constantly be on. In fact, the more that it is kind of clear and empty and quiet it's actually for the best so if you're able to sort of take the space that you have and rather than filling it with netflix or um endless scrolling it says i'm looking at the email um you know 
basically just take time and sit with yourself and see if you can just actually transmute that into like meditation or mindfulness and just being like, okay, I'm not, um, like personally, I can spend the whole day listening to podcasts because I just can do that. And my practice in just the past couple of weeks has been like, okay, at a certain point, I'm going to turn off the podcast. I'm going to listen to classical music or nothing and just like make dinner by myself in silence. And like, embracing that as a good thing rather than being like oh I'm not interested like I don't have anything to say like if you don't have friends that can't just sit with you when you're just feeling blank then they're not your friend like they don't Mm -hmm. or they don't understand it yet and that's okay but I actually think that this is a good thing that we have to embrace it more rather than we have to normalize (laughs) empty heads Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it's like yeah if you feel like you need to do something then do something with your hands like I love um, crocheting, painting nothing, painting like working with clay, but not even trying to do something, but just doing it with with your hands to mm. feel like you're doing something. But um, also, it says in your email that you just moved to London from the states three months ago, dude. You are just processing that, mm-hmm. and a lot is going on in your subconscious. You're feeling uprooted. It's totally normal for big changes to make your brain kind of feel empty feel like nothing's going on there's a lot happening behind the scenes you're processing a whole other world processing what you have left behind Mm -hmm. and just give yourself like time to do that look at art like look at things that just imagine your your mind is a blank canvas and you have this whole moment to just like fill it with whatever beauty you want and if you don't even feel like fucking doing that then just don't but but like if you can take a moment at least once a day like for five minutes and be like I'm gonna take advantage of this empty head and like mm-hmm. focus on breathing focus on one thing focus on um, making dinner watering a plant like really turn that empty head into like mindful focus mm-hmm. that can be, can be very valuable so I'm actually very happy for you I think this is a really beautiful thing a really great opportunity yeah yeah um, okay let me talk about the subconscious because I want to add to that um, but my first instinct with this question was just like it's funny how at a time where everything is about attention and proving yourself every day it's the first time I think in just generations where like let's say you're an artist or a writer it's like you have this urge every day to post to remind everybody or even just if you're not doing any of those things and you just want to remind your people that you exist you know like mm-hmm. in your story and your everything it's like that is so strange and new that it's almost rebellious to yeah. be sort of like detached from that and kind of just live day to day and mm-hmm. I I do have some friends who do that and I think they are some of my most productive friends in the sense that like they go off you don't hear about them they're not posting every day like most of my friends do in the way that I do and it's there's something so magical about that simply because it's just goes against the grain in like culture like current culture so yeah I would start with that by saying it's not a bad thing it's actually quite a very interesting and it's like subversive. lucky thing yeah, yeah. It's, it is subversive Um, And about the subconscious, I completely agree with that. I've been having that experience lately where I just came back from like a really intense roller coaster in Hawaii and like I logically knew what to do. Everything makes sense logically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm starting to realize that like on a subconscious level and a bodily level, which always moves slower, I always like to remind people and I came up with this analogy yesterday that like when you make up your mind, let's say you do a move, like you just moved to London, everything makes sense. It's what you're doing for your job. It makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense to you. Those are your thoughts, and that's like your energy, and it's leading, and it goes much faster than the body does. But the body's like, wait, I was just getting used to the. I was just. We were just. I thought we were. You know. Yeah. And it takes a while, and I think it works with the subconscious as well, where it's still untangling all these things. And I think sometimes when we have these moments, and I think some people wrongfully call it depression. Like that mm-hmm. could be like a sketchy thing, but I've had people who literally just feel stagnant and on pause, and they immediately diagnose it as something. much worse and like negative you know and I always say it's like it's better to be at zero than negative because you can you know you don't you're not in debt energetically but I think it's good to kind of yeah I love that right yeah it's like (laughs) I'd rather be zero than t-shirt that's also good with romance you guys yes I'd rather be at zero than negative yes um so I think it is just kind of if you can kind of channel it as this profound experience which it really is and it sometimes I see those moments as like you know my body's asking me to just listen like why is it so quiet Mm -hmm. which is beautiful because it's so hard to get it so quiet and I think we can all agree that when it's really busy we want that quiet you know yeah um 
but I feel like if you can see it as like an opportunity for profound listening, even if that means just watching Netflix or just, yeah. you know, and pay attention to the stuff that you do in your quiet that you don't think helps you listen. Um, I, when I came back from Hawaii, I started watching more reality shows about mm. people's like loneliness and trauma. Mm. Like I was watching Catfish, which used to just be a funny show, but now I watch it in this very like socially aware way of mm-hmm. like, wow, some people are really lonely and, like, they go on their phones too much. And then I was watching, like, Hoarders, which is from, like, a psychological perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, like, I actually learned so much from watching those shows. Just, like, thinking about people and thinking about problems in a way that I... I never watch shows. I'm always, like, this active-minded, creative person doing my own thing. And every once in a while, like, now, recently, I can say I'm in this place where I just... I don't really have much that I want to scream from the rooftops. I kind of just want to be in my room and, like, see what I see and see what comes to me. Yeah. Um, and it can feel low. Like, I can be in moments of, like, remembering how ignited I was when I, I feel like my throat chakra is open and I have so much to say and I want to go live and I want to, you know, write it all out and, you know... Mm-hmm. And, like, my friends, I'm in demand by my friends because I'm interesting at dinner, you know what I mean? And then I think of, um, yeah, moments like this and you feel low, but it's, like, the low is an illusion, like that comparison is what makes it feel lower, but it's really just a state, like, in in the moment, and it can be very profound and beautiful. Yeah, definitely. I also think, like, we're so used to the fast action of putting something out, getting feedback, whether it's a photo of ourselves, Mm -hmm. posting works in progress. That's just not how real people work. That's not how, over time, the great masters of art have actually produced. Mm -hmm. It's It's not a real process. So, like, being able to just take time, even if you're not an artist, but you're just someone that wants to take time readjusting to their world and it's a creative process, creating a new space if you just move somewhere, learning about a new space. I just think it, things move so much slower in real life than we want to accept mm-hmm. and giving yourself time to just process that is really beautiful. Also, I was thinking the three-month mark because this isn't in the, the question, but it's in the email Um where Claudia said, I mean, I don't want to, <laughs> where the question says that they've been in London for three months for a move. And I was just thinking in terms of just like, like scales, like me saying like, oh, remembering a time when you were super ignited and then now you're, you feel less ignited, but that doesn't mean that you're like, there's anything wrong with you. It's just, you have this comparison of a time is like yeah. three months to me moving to a new place or like being in a new relationship or anything is like such a, like a point in time where things become regular a little bit like Mm -hmm. I remember when I moved to Hawaii it's like at the three month mark it was like my life wasn't this didn't feel like oh exciting and new it was like oh I was getting I was getting a routine yeah and it was easy to look at that and be like oh wow I don't feel this like intense passion that change gives you or like when you're moving like moving is like your whole life's about moving and it's like your life is so intense you're like living on the edge (laughs) and then you like you get in your routine and your old self catches up which is who you really are day to day yeah and then you just have to face that, but, you know, it's not, it's literally nothing wrong with it, no matter where you are, like, in three months, you just become yourself in your room, and yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I also think, um, personally, as someone who has an empty head a lot of the time, um, I think just writing, it's, you said that you used to enjoy painting, reading, FaceTiming friends, um, I didn't see writing in there, and I think <laughs> <laughs> if you can just write, like, I just pull up a Google Doc, and I even, you know... Don't even need to stream of consciousness. Yeah, just stream of consciousness, whatever you want, describing your day. And that kind of like affirms your existence. And sometimes things come out that you weren't expecting and they can be really beautiful Mm. or telling to yourself. Um, I find a lot of truths that I wasn't aware of when I write. Mm -hmm. Um, And is this something that you don't have to do as like a profession for it to be profound in your life? Mm. Energy goes where it's guided. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what stops us the most from any kind of creative expression is wanting it to be good or complete. Yeah. And treating it like a thing that starts and finishes, but... If you have a Google Doc, it's not even taking up space in your computer. Or Tumblr, dude. <laughs> that's true. But then Tumblr's out there. Like, Google Doc is very... It can like... be private. Oh, that's true. And it's even that's more true. out there because it's not in your computer. That's you can true. literally pretend... You can abandon it into the internet. Yeah. Um, Tumblr's actually a great place during that feeling because you can curate I think curation is really good when you don't feel like creating because it like flexes that muscle and it gives you an opportunity to like look at what you like you know yeah yeah like taking an info yeah 
Totally. Also, it's a great time to, to do like a regulated writing thing because you're in a new space and there's so much to observe. Like you can mm-hmm. just become an observer and practice that. Um, a planure. Yeah, there's a word. There's a French word. That is my favorite. Always. Because this is like an old word that's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it means an idler or la- a lounger. Mm-hmm. It's in French, flaneur, F-L-A-N-E-U-R. Flaneur is a French noun referring to a person, literally meaning stroller, lounger, saunter, or loafer, but with some <laughs> nuanced additional meanings. Flannerie is the act of strolling, a near, synony- a near synonym of the noun boulevardier. So, you know what I mean? There's a French word for this. So that means it's profound and sexy. Totally. I'm <laughs> not laughing at you. I'm laughing at myself. Um, totally. I love that word. Yeah, I just think being an observer is sick. And it doesn't get enough airtime. If anything, it's the only cool thing to do. Totally. Um, yeah, while everyone's out here being like, today I woke up, and then I woke up, and then I did this, and then, oh my god. You know, it's like, you get to just sit there and be like, well, I watched Hoarders and nobody knew. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the mystery of being a mystery in life, being an enigma. Can't recommend it more. It'll make death easy. You'll never have to, like, yeah. You never have to confront yourself because you're never, like, fully. Because <laughs> then when it's time to die, like, it won't. It won't hurt. It's just kind of like, I'm just there already. And then when it's time to step to the occasion, it's like, what occasion? Is there an occasion? Yeah. Do we exist? The illusion of everything. Incroyable. Incroyable. I would even say you're living. Incroyable. Okay. Incroyable. What's this? This is incredible. Incroyable. Oh, okay. Incroyable. Another French word. Weed smell. Oh my god. I opened a weed tin. I do like the smell of weed. Not when it's burning though. No, I like it all. That's a nice, specifically a nice one too. It's good weed. Incroyable. Um, but yeah, I do think you're having a profound moment, and you know, yeah, don't fucking. You know, you go online, everyone's like, I don't know. I just, people act like it's so sick to be like, it reminds me of being in a classroom. There's like a show-offy kid. Mm-hmm. And everyone's just like, dude, we're just trying to like, <laughs> like PE. I'm just trying to get through the math class. Like, I don't get why it's like so great to be active. Like, yeah. So great. Because life is a futile exercise anyway. We're all going mm-hmm. to pass away if you want to get nihilistic about it. Like, I honestly find comfort in nihilism in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. um, this is one of those times where you can just be like, I'm just fucking here. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We really are all just doing that at the base of it. It doesn't matter if, what it seems like we're doing. We're actually all just being here mm-hmm. um, for a short amount of time. Pretend to be a ghost. Pretend to be a European grandmother. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're in London, you could like shuffle around <laughs> abbeys and be like, out of my way. Get some binoculars. Yeah. You know, that's funny is I grew up with that and I realized it's a very uh, foreigner thing to have binoculars in the house. Oh, we had binoculars. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God. Love them. I mean, we like, never had a view, but we would... But to spy on people. Yeah, I mean, okay. we never yeah. had anyone we could spy on because you, you have a good spy look. Like, well, maybe it's a generational thing. Like our parents... Yeah, I think that's probably what it was. Because I, when I see binoculars in a house... My grandma always had them, and I thought that it was, like, an Austrian thing, and then I also saw some memes about it, like, Russian, old Russian women, like, That's sitting on the balcony so spying, funny. and then the only other time I saw binoculars was at this super old lady uh, in Brazil, like, we stayed at her house, and she had binoculars, and she had a view of the favela. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> far away, so yeah. the binoculars was looking into the favela, which is trippy as hell, but yeah. also, like... <laughs> yeah. I saw people having sex the other day in a window, full on. Oh my god. Didn't have the binoculars though. The next day I told my mom and she was like, where are the binoculars? <laughs> we can't miss yeah. it. I just saw it with my naked eye. Oh my eye. god. So yeah. maybe it's, okay. Well, yeah, I wonder why we had them because we never, we would sometimes take them places and mm-hmm. just look around the house. So boring. I mean, we just, we, we didn't have a view though. I should ask mm-hmm. my dad why we had them. Yeah, you should. But I would I love... spy on my neighbors by myself. You know that, right? Well, we had big spy energy. Yeah. So maybe it's just, you know, another illusion of of people separating the foreigners from the Americans Mm -hmm. when we all just really want to spy on people. Yeah. Yeah, ask them. I'm really interested. Because I was under the impression, I was like, oh, this is something that, like, European and, like, Latin grandmas do. Oh, God, it'd be fun to have binoculars at my new place. Because there's some... Oh, my God, yes. Actually, I'll bring them. I think I'm sleeping over at James's tonight. 
Yeah. I'll fucking bring my binoculars that I found yesterday. Okay, amazing. Mom was like, we're missing out on people having sex. <laughs> I was like, yes, mother. That was some crazy shit. Ugh, I love spying. It's the best. Um, wait, why did we say that? Oh, yeah, get some binoculars. <laughs> yeah, just be like, like I said, channel the European, possibly every grandmother of just like sitting and being like, I'm fucking here. I don't know, it's such a luxury. Mm-hmm. It really is a luxury to be empty like that. Joey is the mailman. Yeah, we don't mind that noise. We don't mind that noise. Um, yeah, practice saying incroyable a lot and just... <laughs> when someone says, what do you do for a living? She's like, I'm a flania, I don't know. I must go back. <laughs> it also seems like if you have a job where you can actually go home and turn off... Mm-hmm. That is a luxury in of itself. Like, as creative people, Gabby and I, like, never really turn off from our jobs. But yeah. we don't mind it because it's our creative expression, blah, blah, blah. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, necessary. if you are in London, you have a career, and then you can go home and watch Netflix. It's like, maybe you just need to go home and decompress, and that's totally okay. And the body, the subconscious, just fucking reeling. My God. Also, you'll probably fall in love soon and then ask, I'll be out the window. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, then you'll be like, oh, what? I had that time where I was just sitting there. Enjoy it while you can. Yeah. <laughs> some some partner's going to consume your universe. And you'll have a dog and you'll have a awesome. Yay. <laughs> That's a good question. That's making me think a lot. I think I've been trying to train myself to be a little bit more head empty yeah. or not even head empty like action empty mm-hmm. like I took off story replies because I just don't want to live in a world where I'm constantly getting responses to what I put out there right I'd rather train myself elsewhere Phoneless. yeah I mean it's you know the, the meme that was going around like smooth brain no thoughts it's actually like Ideal. Ideal. That's what people want. Also, you're not missing out. That's what I have to say. My dad used to say this when mm-hmm. I would get grounded and throw a fit. He'd be like, you're not missing out on nothing. <laughs> but I can say that as someone who's you know having an empty brain moment. It's like, what are you fucking missing out on, dude? Yeah. Also, life is long, so... Yeah, get used to the waiting room. Yeah. <sighs> we all go through fluctuations in time and stuff, you know. Maybe one day you'll be studying for a test that you really don't want to have to do, and you'll have to put all your brain on. Yeah, or maybe one day you'll just like be in a dinner party and you're the life of the party, and you're like, I can't hold this. <laughs> you'll go to the bathroom and cry. Yeah, and be like, I wish I was alone and watching Netflix. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> also, I would say move your body. Like, do some stretches. Oh, that's helpful. Like, yeah. I used to want to keep me up with the Kardashians, but make sure I was just, like, flailing at the same time. <laughs> like, not even, like, real workouts. Like, I'd just be like, I'm moving, I'm, yeah. I'm, twerking, up, I'm twerking on the bed while watching Keep Me Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> yeah, or not, right? Or just lay there, take many naps. Yeah. You know, if you drink tons of water, you can nap all day, because you never get, like, fucked. Really? Yeah, I did that when I was really depressed once. I was like, as long as I drink a lot of water. Because if you're dehydrated and you sleep in, or nap too much you get that weird headache yeah but if you wake up drink a couple glasses go back to sleep do it all day (laughs) all day baby so i hope we helped (laughs) yeah joey is eating you guys can probably hear that it was really cute yeah i feel like we have this long like we did the time yeah and on anything um any final words more q a's yeah, we'll do. We're gonna do more of these. People love the Q and A format. I'm almost thinking if like that should always be a thing. Yeah, we have like an opening where we talk about like culture stuff for like two seconds. Then, because I mean, I was be like, fuck the news. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think we could conceivably do more Q and As. Q and As. Yeah, so maybe one. Some of these will roll over if they don't seem time sensitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these ones that we have now. Okay, any announcements? Um, Same with me. I have a bunch of links on my profile now for my Patreon and my shop. I'm going to be releasing uh, some prints soon, as well as a new shirt that I'm really into that I think we're also going to make for babies. Oh my god, no way. Which is really funny. Which which one? The wandering one. Wandering, wandering, wandering. 
with the, the figure. Oh, cool. No. Because I'll show you. I think I actually have it hung up <laughs> here, uh, but on an adult. So it's basically, I'll explain it. It's like a drawing I did, and then by the head, it says wandering, uh-huh. and there's an arrow to the head out, and then for wandering is by the feet, which is like out, and then in the earth. Oh, nice. It's pretty. Yeah. And when an adult wears it, it's kind of like, I'm baby. And then when a baby wears it, it's like, I'm freaking, freaking figuring Aww, it out. You know? I love that. It's like such a vibe. Yeah. What about you? You got the Substack? Substack now is good. Um, I Working on a tangible thing. Tangible thing I'm not going to talk about yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm very excited about it. And yeah, just go to the Substack, sign up if you um, subscribe. Um, as a paying member, you get meditations from me or meditation prompts, which I love doing both of those things. Um, and yeah, there will be a meditation on this podcast probably next week for me as well. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, I think we're good. Keep going. Keep going. Also, wait, one more thing. Oh, yeah. my God. To the person with the head empty. Is I just want to say that being stagnant is, is an illusion because you're never not moving. The earth is always moving. Your heart is always beating. And time is always passing. So to say that you're stagnant or have nothing is a lie because yeah. you are moving. So just remember that. Circulation. Blood circulation. That always helps me. There's no such thing as stagnation. So when totally. we say keep moving, we're not just telling you to keep moving. We're saying you are. You are. We're affirming you your are. movement. Your existence. Yeah. Okay. See you next time. Thank you.